Cayman sees its first water-related death this year as a snorkeler is found unresponsive in the waters off South Church Street today. The call came in around 1130 this morning. Police say the victim was a visitor to the islands. Police are appealing to parents to talk with their children and teens about the misuse of pellet guns after a person is reportedly hit. More from Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego. Police say they have received several complaints of late, reporting that groups of young persons have been using what appear to be gel guns or gel blasters capable of discharging water-filled bead pellets or other similar projectiles. Although the toy or device is not manufactured to be lethal or cause serious injury or harm, improper use may have adverse or harmful effects. Section 80 of the Penal Code specifies an offensive weapon as any object, whether made or adapted for that purpose, which is used as a weapon with the intent of causing harm to others. The penalty for use of an offensive weapon on conviction is $5,000 or four years in prison. So far, one juvenile male was arrested on suspicion of assault on Tuesday in relation to an incident that happened the night before. It was reported that someone was hit with a pellet gun being discharged from a vehicle that was driving around in a community in Bodden Town. Police say this report was similar to others that were reported in the previous days. The vehicle, as described, was seen and stopped by the officers, and the driver of the vehicle was also arrested in relation to the report, along with several other traffic violations that were committed, including a reckless and negligent act. The matter is being investigated by the police and the RCIPS are imploring parents with children, especially teenage children who are in possession of these pellet guns, speak with their children about the appropriate use of these items. Deputy Commissioner of Police Mr. Kurt Walton hopes that both the young people who are carrying out these acts and their parents understand the gravity of their actions and take heed to these warnings. Reporting for Ricky News, I'm Shanda Gallego. After a three-year hiatus due to the pandemic, Cayman Finance and a team of delegates from the public and private sectors were in New York this week to host the popular breakfast briefing and reinsurance roundtable events. More from Radio Cayman's Paula Cal. The breakfast briefing was attended by over 150 representatives from a wide cross-section of the financial services industry, with close to 45 traveling from Cayman for the event. In addition to a speech by the Financial Services Minister, attendees also heard from the Managing Director of SEMA, who provided a regulatory update, as well as Chris Dugan, the newly appointed Cayman Islands Government Representative in Washington, D.C., whose office will officially open tomorrow. The evening saw an expanded Cayman Finance Reinsurance Roundtable. With more than 100 attendees, the networking event saw two panel discussions focused on updates from the Cayman reinsurance sector and the benefits of doing business in Cayman. While in New York, the Cayman delegation also took part in a variety of meetings with key industry stakeholders. Cayman Finance will be partnering with the Cayman Islands government and other organizations to host additional international events in 2023 and will be back in New York in 2024. The delegation traveled to Washington, D.C. today to formally open the office of the Cayman Islands government representative. For Ready Cayman News, I'm Paula Carl. 
His Excellency Governor Martin Roper also traveled to the U.S. with the Cayman delegation. While there, he reiterated his support and that of the U.K. for Cayman's, quote, well-regulated, legally compliant, highly efficient, and professional financial services industry. Mr. Roper says it is important to signal to the international audience that the U.K. appreciates Cayman's strong commitment to international efforts to promote transparency and cross-border cooperation on tax issues, as well as tackling illicit finance. The draft terms of reference for two sections of the environmental impact assessment for the east-west arterial extension will be available for review shortly. The National Roads Authority says it will cover Section 2 from Woodland Drive to Lookout Road and Section 3 from Lookout Road to Frank Sound Road. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin reports. In a public notice, the NRA says the Environmental Impact Assessment, EIA, will be conducted in accordance with the National Conservation Council Directive for Environmental Impact Assessments, Section 43, under the National Conservation Act. You will be able to review the draft terms of reference on the Department of Environment's website at doe.ky for 21 calendar days beginning January 30th. If you would like a printed copy, you will be able to pick one up at the NRA office at 370 North Sound Road, Grand Cayman, or at the North Side, Bodentown and Savannah Post offices. Copies will also be available at the Vernon L. Jackson Public Library and Learning Center in Bodentown and the East End Public Library. Comments on the draft terms of reference can be submitted in writing to the Environmental Assessment Board, care of the Department of Environment, via email, doe at gov.ky, post, or hand-delivered to the Department of Environment office. If you have questions, the NRA has set up two public meetings. The first is in Bodentown on Tuesday, February 7th, at the Cayman Islands Baptist Church Hall on Pedro Castle Road. The second is on Thursday, February 9th, at the Cradock E-Bank Civic Center in Northside. Both meetings are from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Representatives from the NRA and their EIA consulting team will be in attendance to provide information about the project and answer your questions. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. And again, the draft terms will be available online and at the locations mentioned starting January 30th. Another satisfactory rating for Red Bay Primary. Details from Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller. Red Bay Primary opened back in 1993, and its last inspection took place in January 2020. It was graded as satisfactory. During the September review last year by OES, there were 411 students on roll, which was a drop since the previous inspection. Inspectors judged Red Bay Primary as satisfactory. The acting principal had, quote, clear priorities and was committed to bringing about improvements needed. Students' behavior, positive attitudes, and safety in the primary phase remained good. Support and guidance had improved and were now good. The report goes on to say in a number of areas, however, school performance had declined. These included attainment in all subjects for reception, Student learning, the curriculum, and self-evaluation and improvement planning. Attainment in science was now weak. Recommendations regarding improvements in attainment and progress had been met for mathematics, but not for English and science. The report says the identification and support for students with special education needs and transition arrangements into secondary school had improved. Learning had dipped, though, because work was not sufficiently well-matched to students' learning needs and was, quote, too easy or too difficult in a minority of lessons. Leaders had a strong focus on student achievement and held three priorities of raising standards in reading and writing and developing the early years' outdoor areas as paramount. Monitoring was inaccurate times and was sometimes, quote, overly positive. Teachers did not make full use of the school's extensive accommodation or plentiful resources to provide sufficient opportunities for students' practical exploration or work, and as a result, inspectors say attainment in science has dipped. 
Staff were new and children's outcomes and progress had declined. Adult-led whole-class teaching had led to satisfactory progress. And the report says most children did reach their early learning goals. Children did not have sufficient opportunities to choose their own activities, explore the environment around them, or take initiative for their learning and development. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Carsley Fuller. We strongly support spay and neuter programs. The Department of Environment setting the record straight tonight. If charities and vets are providing spay and neuter services for pet owners and returning animals to their owners, that's exactly what needs to happen. And it's great that the charities are involved in this. What we can't allow to continue is for unowned animals to be released into the wild. We don't accept this for dogs. Why should cats really be any different? Terrestrial Resources Unit Manager Fred Burton tells Radio Cayman the new alien species regulations ensure greater protections for Cayman's most precious native plants and animals, differentiating between domestic and feral species. The legislation also provides ways to control feral and alien species, which is crucial to reducing threats to both pets and our native species. We do recognize there's a lot of misinformation around the new regs, and it is strange that we need to state the obvious, but of course, feeding your pets on your property is obviously allowed. We continue to advocate for responsible pet ownership. The regulations and a list of frequently asked questions are available at doe.ky. There is also information outlining what's involved in being a responsible pet owner. That is your latest local news. I'm April Cummings.